Hello, and welcome to Some Kind of Podcast. This is a podcast where we entertain you by discussing what entertains us. I'm Cody, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Tim and Christian. What's up, everybody? Uh, In case it wasn't obvious, uh, we are going to rotate between the three of us as to who hosts the shows. So next week, Christian will be our host. Um, But for this week, you got me, and we're going to be talking about uh, TV and movies, uh, anime, and just sort of the movie industry as a whole. Um, This is going to be part two of two uh, in our introductory series or episodes um, where we're just going to sort of give you our, you know, personal history um, just so you get to know us a little bit better. Um, Last week we talked about um, our gaming history uh, as well as uh, we got into some cyberpunk stuff. Um, This week we're going to get into more about, like I said, our personal histories as well as um, the different streaming services that are available. Um, So with that being said, I'm going to kick things off. Um, We're going to sort of... I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna sort of do a roundtable kind of deal. Uh, I'm gonna start with Christian, and I want to ask you, sir, what is your most memorable experience at a movie theater? Sure. Yeah. So I think any time I experienced a premiere of a movie on opening night was probably like my most <clears throat> memorable experience. Most recently, I think the the best experience I've ever had was the um, at the Alamo Draft House up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, at the premiere of Endgame. That was my first time ever experiencing uh, that franchise of theaters. Uh, Alamo is an awesome place. Um, I just love the atmosphere being around all those other fans that, you know, bought their tickets months in advance. You know, so when the film starts, everyone just shuts up, enjoys the film. You know, it's just a, it's a really great time, a great atmosphere. So Christian, um, I've never been to an Alamo draft house. I know you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was your experience like there versus like at your normal kind of theater? Cause the Alma draft house, they're kind of known for like being, you know, a little bit over the top or zany, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, they, they definitely like to um, make it well known that they do not tolerate any of the shenanigans that you might find at a typical run of the theater with that one or two people in the audience kind of ruining the film for everyone else who's paying to be there and actually enjoy it. Um, so yeah, no, the, when you go and you sit down and there's something that's almost like a hybrid between a, uh, like a student desk and a recliner, um, yeah, this little table, you can fill up an order card and you can order liquor, drinks, beverages, um, snacks all throughout the movie. Um, they'll come by and get your order from you, run away and bring it back to you just while you're sitting there and see, enjoying your film. Um, and then what's also great is they, like you were saying, they have a zero tolerance for any sort of disruption during a theater. Um, or during the film rather and so you get one chance they'll tell you that they'll come by and they'll shush you and they'll tell you you know be quiet or, or whatever it is you're doing and then if you don't uh, adhere to that warning uh, they'll kick you out without a refund and they advertise out the wazoo all over billboards um, they give you a disclaimer that you know you they give you one chance to correct your ways if you're being if you're talking during the, the movie and then if you don't adhere to that they kick you out so it's it's a great time i highly recommend it to anybody each ticket's probably a couple more dollars than your average uh movie theater ticket price but it's totally worth the cost they're not all over the country there's just like there are cities here and there um there's one in raleigh north carolina there's one where i'm currently am in springfield missouri um but yeah feel free to check them out online um i highly recommend it to anybody yeah definitely yeah i've uh, checked that out oh i'm sorry no you're good I was just going to say that I definitely have listened to some of those, those disclaimers. They put up some of their more uh, 
I guess, popular ones, I guess, on YouTube, if you wanted to find them. It's like Alamo, Draft House, like, Silence Your Phone, PSA kind of thing. Uh, They're pretty funny. They actually, like, take recordings from uh, angry guests that have called them upset. So Yep, yep. They almost use it as, like, a bragging right, which, I mean, like, it's great because, you know, I've... Uh, I'm sure I'm not alone here and had the countless times I've paid money to go see a movie, get really excited to it. And then there's just that one random, you know, couple people in the back of the theater that just ruin it for everybody. And, you know, when I go, when I go to a movie theater and I actually can commit to paying money for it, you know, I want to be able to actually enjoy that experience. So it's great. Did they, um, they, did they give out a special Endgame glass? Yeah, yeah. So and that's another thing, too. They partner with this company called Mando. And at certain releases, they'll actually do limited edition, limited runs of pint glasses, um enamel pins they'll do i think even sell like records and t-shirts and everything there too so they have like a little merch store right as you go in the front so it's it's really cool nice really need to check that out road trip to raleigh guys i'm in well i mean when we can i only live a couple hours away (laughs) um all right sweet so what was your favorite show uh growing up as a kid like ages you know brand new to 12 so like kid kid yeah kid kid um so i mean i i definitely grew up watching pokemon that was definitely the obsession as a kid i floated between pokemon digimon and scooby-doo were kind of my main three uh, as a kid um pokemon and scooby-doo i think definitely took priority um but whenever digimon was on you know i i definitely enjoyed watching that one as well i just never could never watch digimon. digimon yeah yeah you know i feel like it's like the uh, it's a niche fandom much 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 smaller than the pokemon fandom and i feel like if you didn't jump in you know back when like it was originally coming out on tv and didn't like get into it back then you know now they have all these movies out they're trying to like you know redo and re um invent the original plot of the show um but if you're not weren't one of those you know uh niche fandom fans from back in the day i don't think there's really getting into it now pokemon's kind of yeah. dominated that market i don't yeah i just never quite oh no, go ahead. I just never quite understood uh, how Digimon worked because, you know, I, I, I'll get into it at my part, but like when you watch Pokemon, you know, Pokemon evolve and then they just stay in their evolved form. Whereas like Digimon, they digivolve into like Metal McGruger Mon and he's like a person <laughs> yeah. with like wings and I just like, and then he goes back to a dinosaur. I didn't get it. Yeah, no, that is always one of the running jokes with Digimon, how it's like, you know, you start off with like a plant and then somehow it evolves into a, like a dinosaur, you know, so it's, it's definitely not like Pokemon where you can actually see the transition from evolution to evolution. Um, they kind of are just like, you know what, let's make this next form, you know, something totally different. And they just kind of run with it, but never explain it. Well, so they couldn't copy Pokemon. Exactly. Well, no, just um, but I mean, and nowadays, you know, you kind of have uh, companies, I can't remember the, uh, developer behind a bit of temtem you yeah know, they're kind of the modern day like you know reinvention of pokemon just trying to do a more of played temtem? i played a tiny bit not enough to give it like a review of full synopsis and it's also not completely finished it's in i think i guess it wasn't alpha for a while now it's in beta um you can buy it it's on playstation 5 and on pc um i did i, I bought it okay and, sweet um, i can't get past the loading screen because all the names seem to be taken that i want to pick oh and crap you can't have the same name yeah, no, I uh, I'd be down to play sometime for sure. Um, I actually have it downloaded on my PlayStation Five as we speak, so it's on the playlist for sure. Sorry to get off topic, Cody. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, all right, so 
I, you kind of answered it. So was Pokemon the first show you ever got hooked on? Yeah, I think Pokemon would be the safe bet. You know, that was the, I think, from the first time I ever watched it. Well, you know, okay, now that I think about it, it's either probably a... Pokemon was definitely the first, um, but then the next show I got, like, hooked on was Yu-Gi-Oh! I remember back in late 90s, early 2000s, I th- it must have been late 90s, I got actually a VHS tape as a part of, like, the marketing scheme that was behind Yu-Gi-Oh! where I've got a VHS tape in the mail, actually mailed to our house, and it popped it in, and it was Kaiba talking about, like, you know, how you needed to come, you know, become a dueler. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. And then, the like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! premiered on, I guess, it wasn't Toonami. Gosh, what was, was it? Toonami? It was Cartoon Network, I think. Cartoon Network? I don't know. I can't recall. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, so that was that was another one of the, the things I really kind of got obsessed with as a kid for a while, um, in addition to the rest. But, yeah. Very good. Um so obviously with the pandemic going on, uh, we've all been stuck inside and <laughs> rarely get to venture out into the world. So what was the best show that you binged uh, during 2020's quarantine? New or old, doesn't matter. Just the the show that you enjoyed most binging from start to finish. Sure, yeah. So at the start of quarantine, I was on the train of being obsessed with Tiger King. I by no means, you know, like think that that's a cool thing to obsess over. But the way the documentary was done, it was done extremely well. So at the beginning of quarantine, it was crossed between Tiger King and playing lots of Animal Crossing for me. Um, And then so at the kind of at the tail end, I guess, of last year, uh, I was very late on this bandwagon. uh, But my wife and I actually uh, binge watched the entirety of The Office. Um, for whatever reason, we tried multiple times to get into the first season of The Office. Um, and it wasn't till last year that we figured out the trick was you have to jump into season two because season one is so cringy and awkward with the old Michael Scott that, you know, you kind of have to get past that little barrier. And then once you're hooked, you can go back and watch the first season. And it's uh, but yeah, so I, we love The Office now. So, um, I don't think I'd ever rewatch Tiger King, but. Fun fact about The Office. Um I love The Office, and um, I never finished it because I never liked when Michael Scott left. Um, to me, that was kind of when I was watching it live when the show ended for me, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was recently going to move from Netflix to Peacock, and I wanted to at least watch the whole thing mm-hmm. um, before it moved. So literally last month, I just kind of went through and I watched it all. Um, and you know it was it was better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, obviously, I, I personally think um, it dips a little bit after Michael Scott leaves, but I still enjoyed watching all the episodes mainly because I did had never seen them before. Like when I was watching the first part all over again, it's like okay, I've already seen all these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And then to kind of like tie it in a little bit to what we're doing here, I also listened to the Office Ladies podcast uh, where they go over each and every single episode and. The reason why Michael Scott gets better in season two is because in season one, he's based off of the British office character. So he's a little bit more cringy and dry than Michael Scott ends up being after season two. Oh, interesting. That's cool to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From what I understand, it's like, because I'm pretty sure the the British office is only one season. Um, and that's all they had to go on. And then people thought, despite the cringiness, that it was hilarious and worth a season two. So... Steve uh, Steve Carell and the writers decided to go a different route with him. 
and that's the office that we have today. Very cool. Yeah, but I just recently finished it myself, like legitimately, right. like maybe a month ago. No, and you bring up a great point. I think that's like a very common thing with sitcoms. You know, they either end way before they should, or they go too long and ruin the ending. Yeah. So I can't. I countless sitcoms I've watched where like the last season, I'm just like, you know what? I would have rather just not even had this season. I would have rather just had a cliffhanger and no like actual confirmed ending than to have something totally obscure and weird. Um, yeah. How I Met Your Mother did that. Um, I feel like the only sitcom off the top of my head that I can actually say that ended it like on a good note and it was good and I was satisfied with it was Friends. But yeah, Friends was good. Yeah, I think Friends and uh, New Girl, I think, had decent endings. Mm. Yeah, I would New agree. Girl, New Girl's awesome. New Girl was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, well, sweet. Okay, so not to take it too far back, I mean, I don't know when you started watching anime. Um, I know that. <laughs> Off, off podcast we've had this argument about pokemon being an anime but um i i'll be okay if you don't okay, accept right, it as a right. as a if you accept it as a cartoon and not an anime i'm okay with that i just want to know what your starter anime is so yeah no i i would totally agree with the statement that you know like you said we we've talked about this off show uh, a bunch of times already but pokemon fits into that category of both you know what we think of in america as a cartoon as well as anime category um uh not including pokemon um i would say the first time i went i watched the first time i watched a show that actually got me like really deep into the anime fandom um that made me subscribe to funimation and actually pursue other ones to watch uh, would be either naruto or soul eater um naruto i watched a bit back in the day um one that appeared think this was cartoon network i i think cartoon network was pretty much the hub for anime anime got it because that's i mean um, yeah yeah, toonami yeah so i watched a little bit of the you know the the not not shifted in the original naruto as it aired back then um but not regularly enough to actually be able to keep up with what was going on so then i kind of fell off and then i went back and actually started watching naruto again um, and watching Soul Eater. Soul Eater was like, I think, the epitome of like, you know what? I'm sure there's some other awesome, really um, kick butt shows out there like Soul Eater. So then that's what really uh, made me actually subscribe to Funimation and find others. And uh, what actually led me to um, find some of my other favorite anime shows. So that's great. Very good. Yeah. The only thing bad about Soul Eater is that it ends. Yeah, is that it ends. I was about to say. <laughs> it's, it ends. That's it. Yeah, and from what I hear, I've never uh, read the manga, but the manga apparently ends a lot better than the show did. So yeah. uh, I think that the and the way the show ended was very abrupt and kind of didn't make a whole lot of sense. So it kind of falls into the same thing we were saying before with like sitcoms, how they just kind of you know didn't really know quite how to end it. Um, not really sure what was going on with that, but the uh, no the the show as a whole and you know um, fun fact. Uh, Fire Force is actually made by the same people um, that's coming out now on Funimation and Crunchyroll, um, and I highly suggest I've it. Never it's heard a, of this. It's a great show. Um, it sounds weird. What it's is about about. <laughs> so Fire Force is about a, a fire a team of firefighters it takes place in Japan, but it's like post apocalyptic, and they're actually like every um, they're fighting spontaneous combustion where people just spontaneously combust into flames and turn into like a flame demon, and so they have to go like put them to rest. 
and you know, it's really cool. There's a huge back plot. I'm not going to ruin any of it, but you know, if you if you if you were a fan of Soul Eater, I highly suggest Fire Force. Okay. Okay, that sounds intense. I'm gonna add that to my list. Yeah, I mean, I have Funimation, so. So, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely need to check that out. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So, with all that being said, Christian, I need to know your favorite movie, your favorite TV show. It can be, um, for for any of these, uh, a a singular movie or an entire series. Uh, as well as your favorite anime. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, for movie, I think I'm gonna have to go with a more of like a series or like you know conglomerate. I'm just gonna say the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, you know, Endgame was amazing. I feel like the formula they have down, not so much with the earlier ones. I mean, Iron Man was don't get me wrong was great, but you know, um, in the past, you know, four to five years, I think they really kind of hammered out the formula for pr- uh, producing a amazing um, superhero film. So that would probably so, be Avengers aside, Avengers yeah. aside here. Like if you had to pick one of the characters in the Avengers movies, what's your go-to there, bro? Ah, uh, so I'm going to be obscure here, but I got to go with guardians of the galaxy and I've got to go with rocket raccoon. I think Bradley Cooper does an amazing job uh, providing this little CGI furball with a amazing personality and comic relief. So yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite character. Hang on um, under, you're telling me that someone whose gamer tag is Crazy Trash Panda, his favorite character is a raccoon? I know, right? Like, no one would have ever guessed. You know, it's not like it's my favorite animal. Um, I know it's I, I, it's completely out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, no, so I think that would be my favorite character from the series for sure, Tim. And then, okay. yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm really big fan of the superhero films. Not so much DC. Um, I really love the uh, Christian Bale Batman films. And I feel oh, like yeah. DC's uh, film production haven't been up to that standard since. You know, they've had a couple standouts. The original or the first uh, Wonder Woman that came out. Um, I actually enjoyed the Aquaman film. But, yeah, I feel like as a whole, they kind of haven't figured out their groove yet. I totally think they should embrace more of the dark side. Um, and kind of more adult humor and everything. Joker was an amazing film that came out this previous year. Some um, some yeah. might argue that that was too dark. Well, and so the thing is, like, I think Marvel does an amazing, and Disney does an amazing job embracing the whole, like, family-friendly, casual joking um, action-adventure film. And when DC goes the dark route, they do it so well. Like, I think they, they should just tap into that 18-plus market and just commit to it rather than trying to, like, do this, like, back and forth, like, trying one film, trying to do family-friendly, um, kind of almost like a mock-up that, uh, after the Disney formula or the Marvel formula, um, and just commit to being commit to being dark, you know, commit to the adult films. So, <laughs> Yeah. All right, so show and anime? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so favorite show, uh, as I was saying before, I think the um, the first, um, well, sorry, the first show I ever got hooked on uh, was back in, TV show was back in middle school, um, was Friends. Uh, it was, again, late adopter. The show actually ended before, I, it was either ended right before I started watching it or it was wrapping up its 10th season as I started. Um, but to this day, it is the most rewatched show I have ever, ever watched. I can't even count how many times I've rewatched it. Just having it on in the background is very calming and soothing while doing schoolwork uh, or just work in general. Um, anime um, to this day is My Hero Academia for sure. You know, that superhero love from the films kind of carries over to the anime. 
And funny, you know, side story, I actually now have a Shiba Inu uh, named Deku. So, yeah, I absolutely love My Hero Academia. Yeah. I, Very good. I love Friends, and I, I think I'm still on season two of My Hero. I just never picked it back up. Not that, yeah, like, I didn't enjoy it. I just, I think there was just other stuff happening. Right. No, what I, kind of quirk I, would you want? What kind of quirk? Yeah. Uh, one for all. Okay. I think it's pretty great. I, I don't, as funny as it is to see on screen uh, and see Azuka Midoriya actually try to manage this quirk and actually establish it as his own is very humorous to watch. But if I was actually going to pick, like, a character to have one for all, it would be All Might. I don't want to be a weakened little guy that <laughs> breaks every single bone in his body every single time he goes to move a finger. That doesn't sound like fun. No, no, not at all. All right, Tim, you're next. Yo, oh, okay. Now, do I get the same questions? Yeah, uh, of course. Without going into too much detail, me and you worked at a theater for roughly nine years together. So I'm really curious to hear what you have to say here, as far as most memorable experience at a movie theater goes. So, yeah, uh, I worked at Yield Movie House for a very, very, very long time. Some would say too long. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I have too many memories about working there to really talk about. But since this is a personal kind of thing, I'm going to go with a personal answer. However, if you want to know my favorite uh working memory at the theater i can do that no, no, no most memorable good or bad because i'm pretty sure when when i when we get around to me mine's gonna be a little negative in in, in a way i guess but yeah i'm either either side of that coin well um i'm actually gonna do a personal one this was before i even had a job uh, or was even in the workforce. Um, it's actually the most memorable experience I had was probably the first time I actually ever went to a movie theater. And it just goes to show you um, what kind of luck I have when I'm at the movie theater. Um, so the first movie I ever went and saw that I can remember, if I went and saw something before, I don't remember it. My mom listens to the podcast. I'm sure she'll tell me. Uh, was the Lion King, and I don't mean like the newly animated one or even the remastered one. I mean like the original release of the Lion King in 1995. Um, and I went there with my mom, and we were sitting there and watching the movie. I don't really remember much about the movie itself because in the middle of the movie, somebody had a heart attack, and they had to stop the movie and escort the person out on a stretcher um, because they were screaming and yelling about how they couldn't breathe. Um, so that <laughs> was my very first experience at the movie theater um, and kind of left this lasting impression upon me. Um, I also, I mean, there's, there's more experiences, um, you know, <laughs> there's positive ones too, obviously, um, you know, like Christian was saying earlier, but uh, the most memorable would be that one if I'm if I'm being blatantly honest because I'm 32 ugh, and I still remember that. Yeah. 
No, Wait, that'll, so that'll did do this it. person collapse from singing along to too many of the songs? Like, were they just belting out Circle of Life <laughs> when they collapsed on the ground? Well, the movie was new, Christian, so nobody really knew the songs. I mean, it's pretty catchy, you know. I feel like it, it's, it clicks This fast, was before, you know? you know, things were released on social media before the movie came out. I don't okay. know. I don't know if Circle of Life was on the radio beforehand. It might have been. I was far too young. And so you said, but this... oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So you were saying that your, you know, your experience with this film was interrupted. I mean, did you ever go back and actually finish it? Like, have you seen the the Lion King in its entirety? I'm 32 years old. I have seen the Lion King. Hey, man, <laughs> I was about to have like a confrontation here. I was like, I don't think we can be friends anymore until you finish the Lion King. That's like a staple. <laughs> I eventually. I don't think. We went back to the theater because I remember being really afraid. Um, That'll do that it. And like, yeah, that and like when I was a little kid, you know, we just didn't really go see movies a whole lot. I'm not really sure why. I don't think it was my mom's favorite kind of pastime. Um, but yeah, um, I eventually saw The Lion King because it was like purchased for me. Like somebody gave it to me. I think it's a Christmas present. Somebody gave me The Lion King and then I did watch it into its completion gotcha and i and i owned it on dvd when like the extended remastered edition came out and then you know i obviously in 2019 when they re-released it i watched it then as well gotcha you mean when they re-released the animated film or the 3d animated film um when they re-released the uh animated thing not the animated thing um the live-action Disney one, where they had, like, Seth They Rogen remastered it for Blu-ray? Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. I got no, you. No, I'm talking about in 2019, when they re-released the movie, and Seth Rogen voiced it. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, uh, the, 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 re- the, the CGI remake. Gotcha. Yeah, that one. Okay. That one. I, I watched that one, too. Real quick, not to go too far into this, but uh, personally, I, I hated that. What did you think of that one? The Lion King? The, the live-action one. Um, Live action. I mean, for what it was, for what it was, it was good. But okay, so I, I can only compare this to Aladdin, which was released in the same year. Yeah. Um, that the Lion King was released. I preferred Aladdin more than the Lion King. Now, first oh, for of all, sure. Aladdin's probably Aladdin's probably my favorite Disney movie. Um, but I preferred Aladdin because it was still the basic outcome was the same but they added things to it to make it a little bit different than the original uh, content with the lion king it was basically a shot for shot remake of the movie which if you like that kind of thing that's fine but i left the movie being like i saw this when i was five in movie theaters you know what i mean like it was the same movie and they, my favorite song in the whole entire Lion King is Be Prepared, and it was more spoken than it was sung. Yeah. Now, I, th- I think for me, was not just the fact that it was a shot-for-shot shot remake. That's, like you said, the, that's fine. Uh, it, it's I feel like that kind of thing's warranted in certain situations, but um, my, my issue was that Disney's done live-action with air quotes uh, movies with animals before and have given them emotion and it legitimately like credit to the animators it just looked like someone went out and filmed a bunch of lions 
and then they had Donald Glover and you know Seth Rogen and everybody just dub over them. Like none of them showed emotion. Like you know Mufasa dies and Simba's just like a cat that's just there. Versus yeah, you know I guess I can get that too. Distraught yeah. emotional child. Yeah, I think the you know the original nine uh, Lion King of uh, I guess I think it was like ninety four um, was probably my fa- and st- to this day is still my favorite animated film, um, but the remake I didn't absolutely hate. I wasn't in that like camp of people, but yeah, it's it definitely was inferior to its uh, predecessor. Yeah. All right. So, your favorite show as a kid, Tim, from zero to twelve age wise. All right. Hear me out. Um, I also watched like Pokemon and stuff like that, but my favorite show growing up, without a shadow of a doubt, was Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh man! You know the the, the, the game show where they had all the kids there and they had the, all the outfits and they had to run through all the puzzles and the mazes and stuff like that. One hundred percent. I wanted to be on the show. I wanted to be an orange orangutan because orange is my favorite color, and. Uh, you know, it was just every week, every, or I don't even know when it came on, but every time it was on, I made sure to watch it. And the big talking head guy, I can't remember his name, was so cool to me. And having to put all the puzzle pieces together, like, I was into it, dude. Like, I was, like, outside running around, jumping around when I was out in the yard, trying to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, and I think they maybe brought it back for, like, a half second, like, a lot so long ago. Uh, but I didn't get. It. Obviously, I didn't watch it. But I think they tried to like revamp it at some point. Yeah. If there was ever a show, like a game show, that was marketed straight to kids, it was that. Well, that was oh, like yeah. that was like uh, OG uh, American Ninja Warrior in a way. You know what I mean? Like it was. Mm. They had obstacles. It was like Survivor met Ninja Warrior before it happened. I, I don't know. It, but I I do think they tried to bring it back. But I know Disney also tried to do a version of it with like a star Wars theme. Really? I, I think it's that. on Disney plus. I, this is the first time I heard about it's like that too. Jedi temple or something like that. Interesting. Do yeah. they have to be Sith or Jedi and run around the temple? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched together, it, like, but I, I'm a holocron <laughs> of like the death star or something. <laughs> I just, I, I remember seeing an advertisement for it. I, I'm assuming it's on there. I don't, it might not be. It might not have happened yet. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I well, love you know, that it, show. It's, it's so in good. those ilk, you know, because I also watched, you know, like American Gladiators back in the day, too, when it was on as well. So it was like that, but it was for kids. And, you know, I, it just was so entertaining to me. I don't know. I can't explain my fascination with it because, you know, I wasn't really like somebody that like was very outdoorsy when I was a kid. I mean, I didn't mind being outside. But, like, I don't know. It was just so cool. And I just, like said, it was just one. I wanted to be an orange orangutan. That's all I can really say is I really wanted to be one. And it's just obviously, you know, my hopes and dreams were dashed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was definitely Legends of the Hidden Temple, which, you know, there's show they, they try to do shows like that all the time. You know, like Netflix just tried to do, like, the whole floor is lava thing. I don't know if you tried watching that. I, I made it through half an episode. If she uh, him, I did as well. It was pretty bad. I I made like two. It was not <laughs> me. And my roommate Zach. We tried. We tried. We wanted to be so into it, and we just couldn't. It was rough. It was real rough. But yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple, great show. 
Um, I think the only equivalent to that as an adult that I've gotten into was, um, was it Wipeout? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's, I mean, that's just the obstacle part of it, and it's just people getting the snot beat out of them by giant rods. Inanimate objects. Inanimate objects. Um, yeah. All right, so what was the first show you got hooked on after the age of 12? Um, like, really, like, hooked on. After the age of 12, huh? Um, <laughs> I didn't have TV for a, a long time. I mean... I guess I did and I didn't. Um, I, I when I was growing up as a teenager, the only this is to sound weird. The only thing I really watched was like professional wrestling, like WWE, uh, and then I kind of grew out of that. But if you want to say the first show I got hooked on, I guess that. But if you want to know like the real, real like TV show that I first was hooked on, um, it was probably Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. And and I know that I watched it. I started watching it later in life. But honestly, like, I didn't really, like, it, television for me was more like, I just kind of watched, like, whatever was on. Um, and I really am into sports and stuff like that. Um, so I do watch, like, football and, like, baseball a little bit. Um, so I never really watched, like, a television program, like, until, like, I'm sure, like I said, I watched other things. But, like, when I, when I really think about it, like, the first TV show I sat down was just, like, I'm going to watch this television show was was doctor who no that's fair because i mean you got me into doctor who um shortly after we met so yeah and i started watching doctor who because when i watched harry potter 4 david Tennant is in it yeah uh, as barty crouch jr um and i remember talking to uh, an associate when i worked at yield movie house um who was like if you liked that movie you should check out Doctor Who because the dude that played Barney Crouch is going to be the doctor. So I actually didn't even watch after that. I took a little bit of a break. Uh, well, not really like a break, but like I didn't really watch much of anything. Um, and then one day it was just on Netflix. So I started. And if you watch in the first season of Doctor Who, it's kind of hard to watch, especially like the new Who the new doctor who so starting from 2005 on so you're starting with doctor number nine uh it's a little challenging to watch um but then once david Tennant takes over it really picks it up from there but it's doctor who Mm -hmm. so since you're both whovians and i have never watched more than a handful of episodes because i just couldn't get into it have you guys gone back and watched like the show in its entirety since like the early episodes you can't skip around you can't there's handfuls of episodes, um, but for the most part, m- most of old Who is just gone. It, it, so, it was never like re-aired, yeah. but you probably know more than I do. When um, the 50th anniversary was happening in 2013, they were playing old episodes of Doctor Who on BBC America. So I have seen some. Um, I've seen the very first episode of Doctor Who and Unearthly Child, mm-hmm. uh, and I watched the movie uh, that came out in 1996, Doctor Who the movie, which fe- featured the eighth Doctor Paul again. Um, but when it comes to other stuff, I've seen like clips of some of the more important stuff uh, online with the fourth Doctor and then Genesis of the Daleks and stuff like that. 
but you're right it's it's really kind of hard to find in america unless you're trying to like illegally download it which i'm not doing so um yeah i haven't really seen anything like the the oldest i've seen like i said i said like the first episode and like some clips here and there yeah gotcha um all right so tim what was your favorite show that you binged during last year's quarantine? New or old show that you just sat down and just couldn't stop watching? So I was more so playing video games for the first half of uh, quarantine. Um, I did watch Tiger King, but that was kind of really all I was really watching because I was trying to get some platinum trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went and got a haircut when things sort of kind of opened up again. And the person who was cutting my hair was like, if you need something to watch, because I'm a big fan of Breaking Bad. Uh, and we were kind of talking about Breaking Bad because I think El Camino had just come out in like a couple months. Yeah. And we were kind of just talking about like the, the, the El Camino and Breaking Bad, stuff like that. Um, and he was like, if you need a show to watch, you should check out Ozark because it's almost like a spiritual successor to like the Breaking Bad kind of ilk thing. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll check it out. I kind of heard some good things about it. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Jason Bateman, who's in the show, because I watched him on Arrested Development. But I've always kind of seen him as more of, like, a comedic role. And he is not comedic in Ozark at all. He is very dramatic and ruthless. And I don't know, dude, I because season three had just come out or I think was just coming out when I started watching Ozark. All I know is I was able to watch season one through three in one sitting and I must have binged that all in a week. I couldn't get enough of it. And I know Christian, I think you watched Ozark too. Yeah, I was going to actually add in there. Ozark was another one of the series that I binged during quarantine as well. I was a late adopter as you were. Uh, as season three was coming out, you know, I binged all of it and caught up. And then I was like, where's season four? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's an amazing, really well, really dark show. And I was honestly, the was the thing that kind of was the, the thing that finally made me try it is, you know, where we're at uh, here in Missouri in Springfield, uh, the Ozark um you know forest and mountain range or whatever is actually right bordering where we are and so i was like oh this is like a show about like kind of you know near us you know i guess i'll try it and i was like i hope this isn't about near us because this is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) but yeah ozark was a really good show i recommend it to anybody that wants to watch something new yeah it's been in my my list since you brought it up i just for whatever reason haven't watched it yet i'll get to it I'll get to if you it. like if you like Breaking Bad, you'll probably like Ozark. Oh, I love Breaking Bad. Mine is Skyler. I love Breaking Bad. <laughs> Skyler's good. Nah, she's the worst. All right. Um, what was your starter anime? Um, so I like you guys watched a lot of Toonami when I was in high school. Um, so there were two kind of simultaneously that I watched, or we'll say three kind of simultaneously that I watched, but one that I really like clung on to. Um, so the three animes I watched on, on uh, Toonami were uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Cyborg 009, and the Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, and the Yu Yu Hakusho is actually why I started watching anime, because I thought it was a really cool thing, like Spirit Detective and big kind of like arena fights and stuff like that. But I didn't really get into it, because then I got sidetracked by a show called Dragon Ball Z, and I 
watched all of that to i mean from i think i started watching during the cell games and i watched all the way through the majin buu saga i i ate it up i couldn't get enough of it um and then you know from there i moved on to other things like naruto and um yeah what are you saying uh my hero i couldn't know i couldn't remember why i couldn't think of that oh sorry yeah so. Have you okay. seen the uh, the movies for My Hero Academia? I watched the one that was out in theaters. The what was it? Two Heroes? What was the one Two Heroes that is it? So, well, so they both yeah. actually went to theaters. They were like limited release uh with partnerships through Funimation. Um but I think they were and they were all limited selection theaters. So like, you know, not everywhere had it. Um It was the both... one with like Allmar, Young Allmight. Okay, yeah, so the first one. Yeah, that was the better of the two, in my opinion. I didn't even know there was a second one. Yep. I, I knew that the there watch. was two. I just didn't... I didn't know they both went to theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Very good. Um, all right, so... I need your favorite movie, your favorite TV show, and your favorite anime. Like, like I told Christian, it can be a singular show um series movie whatever okay well my favorite show is breaking bad um you know not to disperse or not to put any down play on doctor who or anything like that but breaking bad i can sit down and watch that from beginning to end at any point in time and it's still good and even though i know it's going to happen i still can just sit there and just watch it um so my favorite show is breaking bad favorite movie is scott pilgrim versus the world um again another one of those movies that a i quote all the time uh i played the game in fact i recently just repurchased the 10th anniversary of the game uh and then um i have the poster hanging on my wall that's framed uh for scott pilgrim so my favorite movie scott pilgrim versus the world and my favorite anime probably dragon ball super if i have to pick one I mean, Dragon, I mean Dragon you can pick Dragon Ball as a whole if you want, or, you know, just... No, because I never really watched Dragon Ball. I've only seen Z and Super. That's fair. Um, so it, it's it's probably Super. However, you know, I also like Trigun and Assassination Classroom and Fairy Tales, good too. But if I had to pick a favorite, it's, it's Super. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What was the first most memorable movie theater experience? Uh, so like I sort of mentioned, it's not exactly a positive uh, by any means. Uh, it definitely made you think um, the whole situation. So this was while I worked at Yield Movie House. And I don't remember if you were there or not, Tim. Um I think I know what you're talking about, and I was there, but I left before it happened. Okay. Um, I know I was just cleaning theaters, and so we were on our way to clean a theater where the Adjustment Bureau uh, was was letting out. And if you haven't seen the Adjustment Bureau, it's a movie where people literally alter fate for other people. It's like a, I don't know, a, a pseudo-religious storyline where angels 
make sure people go along their paths. And this guy, I he he seemed I don't want to say older and offend somebody. I don't know. He he looked like he was in his maybe 60s. Um he walked out of that movie and as he was walking out, he tripped on I don't know, his his shoes, the carpet or whatever and face planted into the corner of a of a wooden bench and just started gushing blood and we had called paramedics and for whatever reason the mall paramedic showed up um and these two girls walked up and they were like i don't know what what should we do and the the paramedic dude was like i don't know i i called the police and so they rolled him on his back and were pretty sure that's what did it but he what we think is he ended up choking and drowning in his own blood but by the time the paramedics got there and put him on the stretcher he was blue as they as they wheeled him out yeah that was and and forever will be just seared into my brain like yeah i there are some really good theater experiences that definitely outweigh the negative but that one will always be like just right there right at the front yeah but i was at the cheesecake factory when that happened (laughs) sorry i know you're good i was just gonna say i love how somehow cody told a memorable story from a movie theater that had nothing to do with the movie well yeah and i mean like it's just because i you know i as i was there to be honest with you like i did watch a lot of movies while i worked at the movie theater um but like, like Inception, like, yeah, like Inception. I watched that nine times in theaters. I think so, something like that. And that's a long movie. Um, but like, I, I think what it boiled down to was I saw movies so regularly that it, it was no longer Fun. an experience. Oh, okay, you know, like yeah. for somebody else, like um, when it's you know for someone that doesn't get to go see movies for free it you know it's an occasion i mean hell it's it's so expensive to go to the theater um you know i I mean i paid for you know star wars tickets um we all have in the past to go see them um and i was i mean that was pricey and i don't even think we got like snacks and stuff because then you know even then you you know for like a family of four to go watch a movie on the weekend, it's it's over a hundred dollars. Yeah, I know I know where you're coming from, and I think that's true across like any place of work. You know, even if you work someplace super fun, you know, the last thing you want to do on your day off is go back to the same place that you've been working all week long. Yeah, I mean, when I was working at Disney World in Florida, you know, the last thing I wanted to do on my day off, despite having a free pass to get in as many times as I want, was go back to the park because I had been there for 40 hours that week and I didn't want to go back. Yeah, but no, now, I totally get it. The The only time I, I would say that I was like super excited to go back to the theater to watch something was, you know, for like a an early screening or something, um, depending on the movie. Like, I remember we saw the double feature uh, for Tim's favorite movie, we saw Scott Pilgrim right after, I think it was The Expendables? Yeah, I was... What a combo. Taste, I just, uh, 
I just saw Scott Pilgrim. I didn't see the Expendables. I just saw Scott Pilgrim. I think me and Matt watched the Expendables, and then you showed up for Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what that a about right. what a combo. I mean, it w- and it was just for the staff. Like it wasn't a. It wasn't like a. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like an advertised back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, so, yeah. That was my horrible movie experience. <laughs> um, but memorable. But memorable. Very memorable. All right. So, favorite show as a kid. Um, if I'm digging deep and being real honest, it was probably Blue's Clues. Like it, it, it was Blue's Clues, or I don't know, maybe Franklin. Never watched Franklin. And then, I did. It was very weird. It was very weird. I mean, it was it was a turtle. Um. Yeah, it, it was that, or maybe um, I can't remember when I got into Doug and Rugrats and stuff like that. But I, I want to say I I had to watch Blue's Clues. Like, needed it. I'm guilty of that, too. You know, it was definitely one of my, um, um, especially, like, young, young me was very into Blue's Clues and a bunch of those other very obscure um, shows from Nickelodeon and uh, SpongeBob. and. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I don't still watch SpongeBob. Oh. Look, there's more jokes in SpongeBob Dude, I... for us than there are for kids. I was in high school, like, I'm talking like 18 years old, senior in high school, and there were dudes walking around with Spongebob book packs. It's, it is what it is. Yep. It's a beloved series. Yeah. Um, God, I mean, I, I watched All Real Monsters. Good one. Angry. You watched Kablam? Kablam. Angry Beavers. Ren and Stimpy. Shows that kids really, like, when you look back on it, shouldn't be watching. Shouldn't have been watching. Yeah. Rocco's Modern Life. Those were all really weird shows. Yeah. And yeah. they were cat all dog. marketed for kids. Mm. Cat Dog. Yeah. Cat oh, dog. dude. Cat Dog. So Man. Mm. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, man. We're just, talking, we're just saying, we're just saying, saying stuff now. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. If I, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be Blue's Clues. All right. Um, so, the first show that I got hooked on, if we're talking like, teens uh it's probably dragon ball um like right before i turned teenager it was dragon ball and i ended up watching because it was just like a marathon one weekend on uh toonami um i watched all of dragon ball and then i i want to say z was being broadcast like it was still being simulcast or whatever and so, like, I, I think I started watching what I guess we would know now was, like, season two. Because I didn't go back and watch, like, the, like the whole Raditz um, Saiyan saga until after I had finished the Majin Buu saga. Like, I, like the whole thing. Same. Like, I kind of started, like, with Cell. Yeah. So, it was really weird because, I, like, I watched all of Dragon Ball and then, like, immediately went into... Like, them being on planet Namek. And I was like, I don't know what happened or why they're here, but this is cool. Um, so I have to say, that's definitely the first show I got hooked on. 
And to be honest, I guess it was my starter anime. Um, Cause I got in like, it's the same. It's that same argument with Pokemon. Like in my head, I didn't know what anime was. So while I love Dragon Ball Z to, in my head, you know, it was just like a, a cartoon that I watched. Um, but if, if I had to pick like a, uh, straight up like anime that like got me into like really watching anime, it was probably attack on Titan. Oh, interesting. Um, because I was, I was late to like most of the popular animes. So I watched season one of attack on Titan thought it was ridiculous but awesome and then um i got into soul eater and uh what else do i got up here um cowboy bebop uh trigon um and then christian got me into fairy tale great show and uh yeah it is a great show but the first 10 episodes i was like what are you making me watch right now yeah you kind of have to force yourself past that initial hurdle and then you're in Woo! Just that was rough. go ahead and make a controversial statement right here i have yet to see cowboy bebop it's a classic it should be on your watch list for sure it really should it is an amazing yeah, anime um, yeah, no. But yeah, like, but we've—I mean—we've had the, the conversation, like I said, off the podcast. But like, growing up, I guess you know, like, unless your parents were weebs too, like, you, you didn't really know the term anime. I mean, most of my friends didn't care. We were all about video games anyway, and so yeah. in my head, it was just like, yeah, you know, I'm watching Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z and Gundam Wing, and it was like. In my head, they were just cartoons I watched on the weekend or after school or whatever, not knowing that I was watching anime. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat, and I think that's probably why, even to this day, when I look back on Pokemon, I still struggle to classify it as an anime just because back when I was really into it, the only word I knew was cartoon. I didn't know what anime was. Yeah, exactly. Was, so. um, like, I know, I, I joke around, and I, I like, I, I'm like, no, it's an anime. But, like, I mean... It was a cartoon for. Oh, doubt you're joking around, but we were going at it the other day. <laughs> I told you I was joking the other day. Anyway. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, no, I think I, I think if I'm being real honest, I still lean more towards like it was you know Saturday Saturday morning cartoon that I watched, or whatever whatever day it came on. Um. But yeah. Um, All right, man. What was the top show you binged during quarantine probably the office it, well it's the office or how i met your mother but you had watched so both of those were rewatches for you though right yeah um yeah but i mean most of the shows that i binge are rewatches i mean like i i binged all of um the Expanse, I guess, but I don't know that I'd call that the best show that I binged. I, I think the best show that I binged was probably The Office. Okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, I didn't bring it up. Oh, good. No, go ahead, Tim. You're good. I said I didn't bring it up, but I also binged, rewatched uh, How I Met Your Mother during quarantine. That's a good one. 
Um, but I think it's also great to when you have a sitcom you love and you've already watched the first time and actually committed to paying attention. It's great to just have it on in the background, just doing other things, just because it creates a very like you know homey, relaxing atmosphere. You know? Yeah, so. it's I don't know. It's just one of those shows that like like you were saying, Tim. Like no matter how many times I've seen it, I can put it on and enjoy it. Um, and not have an issue with the fact that you know like oh I've seen this a trillion times. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And to you, Sarah, what was your starter anime? Um, besides Dragon Ball. Besides Dragon Ball? I was going to say, because I, I, I mean, I, I think it really was Dragon Ball, but I mean, I guess at the time, like I said, like, I, I guess I would have called it a cartoon. So I don't know. It, it's It's somewhere between... Dragon Ball and Attack on Titan, I guess. I, I don't I don't really know. It, it's hard to say because, I mean, Dragon Ball is, it's an anime. So, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I, I want to say, I, I'm just going to say, first anime I ever watched, not including Pokemon, was Dragon Ball. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Well, before we get to the topic of the show, how about you list us your favorites here? Movies, TV show, and anime. So, favorite movie is going to have to be uh, more of, like, the saga. I, I My favorite movies are the Star Wars movies. And, and I thought about that before we recorded, and it was, it was close between James Bond and Star Wars. But um, it, it's got to go to Star Wars for me. And I, and I know that people hate on one trilogy or the other, but... I love them all, except for maybe Attack of the Clones, but that's that's a whole other podcast. Um, TV show. Um, I think it's got to go to The Office. Yeah? Yeah. So when was your first watch of The Office? Did you watch it as it came out? I watched it as it came out, yeah. Okay. We basically watched it as a family as it came out. Very cool. Um and then favorite anime, I've got to give it to Dragon Ball as a whole. Like, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super. If I had so, to pick one, it would be Super, but... I was going to say, so both of you are the, definitely the Dragon Ball experts in this group. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I like the show. <laughs> Cody's more of an expert. Well, compared to me, you're both experts. Yeah, So we've only been trying to get you to watch it for how long? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, what of the groupings of Dragon Ball would you say is your favorite? Do you think Super is the... I think you guys have mentioned before Super was kind of your, your favorite. Yeah, right? that's my favorite. I think that's my, my favorite. Um, I mean, while there's nothing quite like Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball for that matter, but I think Super, they sort of like nailed the formula down and it wasn't like... We're in like Dragon Ball Z when they power up, I mean, it was literally like three episodes of someone screaming. Whereas when you get to super, they just, they just sort of fart into whatever they're doing. And it, and it's, it, it moves faster. Yeah. So the pacing when, uh, is better. Yeah. Sorry, Tim, go for it. I was going to say when, uh, Goku went super Saiyan three, it was a global event. It caused like tsunamis and thunderstorms and yeah. skyscrapers it was shattered. Like it yeah. was, and then he and you get to super and he's just like 
Oh, you made me go into Super Saiyan 3, I guess. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. Cool. So that went a little longer than planned, but that's fine. Um, so let's get to the planned topic of the show, which was um, obviously 2021 still brand new. Um, but with 2021, what do you think will be the streaming service that has the best content? Like what's going to offer the best value for the price point? Um, what's going to have the best original content and what's going to be, in your opinion, the go-to for like studios and publishing houses and stuff? You're talking about with like movies being simultaneously released between theaters and right, and, and, and you know, and because we still don't know what is going to happen with that. Obviously, for the last you know, I guess year at this point, almost um, a lot of publishers have released you know to theaters or just streaming services or both. Um, so what? Yeah, do you... Wonder Woman, I think, was the first one that was both Soul and. Mulan got released on Disney Plus exclusively. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... I, I can't remember. Did Gemini Man release in theaters? Yes. Because I know it came... It was on streaming, too. It was in theaters. Okay. It was released. Um, but yeah, some of them, some of them, some of them came out in theaters first, and then like a month later we're on streaming. Um, so yeah, so to reword you know, it, I got like Amazon prime was renting some of the stuff out that was either set to be released when, um, lockdown started happening or, um, they just went straight there. I can't remember what they were, but I know for a fact that bad boys for life. Yeah. Yeah. Came yeah. Out in theaters last year. I'm pretty sure it was at release in theaters last year, but I watched it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it was the same for me. Um, uh, that's also what I did for um, uh, King of Staten Island. I rented that on Prime when that came out. So, yeah, uh, this is, like I said, this is just for general conversation. But, um, yeah, what do you think 2021, which streaming service is going to be supreme? Well, um I, you know, I like the sports ball, so I was watching the uh, divisional round of um, football this past week, and Netflix had a ad out that said they were releasing a new movie every week in 2021, that they had a lineup of 52 movies, and we're going to be releasing it every single week. Oh, wow. Now, I looked it up. I looked it up to make sure that that was accurate, and it's true. If you go on the Netflix's website and they say that 2021, they're going to release a new movie every week. And I don't know if it's original content or what they have about it. There's no real lineup. They just, you know, list some of the stars that are going to be in these movies. So that's really interesting um, since, you know, I wasn't aware that all these movies were being filmed. I don't know if, like you said, if they have a partnership with somebody or if this is all original content, I'm leaning towards probably all original content because Netflix seems to just be kind of like leaning into that kind of curve. Um, considering everybody start starting to launch their own sort of streaming channels at this time, um, so you have you have Netflix doing that, 
And then HBO Max seems to just have everything now. I don't know where they came from or what they wanted to do because for a while it was like you know Netflix, Hulu, and like Disney Plus, and then within like the last two three months, like every everyone has been on the HBO Max. Yeah. Whatever. I, I mean, that's how. I... Sorry, I was just gonna say for a long time, I think HBO has kind of struggled to maintain a regular um, curated content on. Um, you know, actual in-house created content, you know, like they had Game of Thrones, they had Band of Brothers, and there was a few series that they've had over, yep, Westworld. Um, But like, you know, one would end and then their viewership and subscription rates would drop drastically because everyone was like, well, now my favorite show's gone. There's not much else to watch. I guess I'll leave. Yeah. But now I think they're doing, they're leaning heavily into the market of trying to pick up with publishing houses to get all those movies coming to them on their service through partnerships. Um, since still with 2021 going, um, they're not really sure uh, how reliable releasing at movie theaters is going to be. Um, but yeah, no, I think on a personal level, uh, more long-term, I think Netflix has always had a more, um, was Netflix like the first big subscription service? Yeah. I'm phrase that way. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't think of anything. Um, it was, it. <laughs> it was Blockbuster, Redbox, Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So I think Netflix has done a great job. They definitely started off leaning just heavily on you know getting the rights to stream various content. They didn't really do much original um, stuff to begin with, and then over the years they've really hit it home with all their um, originally content. You know, House of Cards. Um, well, the first gosh. few seasons. Well, yeah, until, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the, the the original content, at least on that standpoint, I always thought that Netflix had it like down pat. Like they were just like the ultimate, like there was no one that could compare to them. But I mean, even in just the past year or two, there's other streaming services that have kind of risen to the occasion. I mean, you take The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, you know, you take The Boys on Amazon Prime, you know, these uh, especially Amazon Prime was something that never I had never before given a second thought to them being able to actually produce something worthy of actually watching. Like, I thought it was a very, you know, minimum budget films that they had produced and that, you know, shouldn't give them the time of the day. But, I mean, they proved that wrong with the boys. Like, it's an excellent show. Um, what do you guys think? Pretty sure that uh, Amazon Prime's also doing a live, like, War of the Rings thing. Yeah, they yeah. are. Um, yeah, they've got the, the live-action Lord of the Rings series, not not movie um but like before before i talk about amazon prime um real talk and i'm included in this most people didn't know that amazon prime was anything other than fast shipping yeah like yeah, my I, my yeah. parents had no idea until like a couple months ago i think they've done amazon as a whole has leaned so heavily into the like the number one place to do your online shopping that it's hard for them to break away from that branding of just being the online shopping conglomerate yeah. and actually being a, a representation in the streaming industry as well. Well, I uh, think they I think they made a big break when they did Jack Ryan, um, especially with the casting in Jack Ryan. Um, that really set them off, and then they I feel like they really picked up steam after that. Um, but it, it's funny because I know that, you know, I think I agree. Like I think Netflix will ultimately be the best streaming 
in 2021 personally. However, Disney Plus is currently on top. Uh, I was reading an article the other day. After the Mandalorian season um, two or three, where are we on now? Two. Yeah, sorry. It all blends together. Um, After season two aired and finished airing, Mandalorian was on top with number of subscriptions over Netflix. Um, You mean Disney Plus? Yeah, that's what I meant. Disney Plus. Sorry. That's cool. Um, Yeah. And HBO is catching up. Because when when I I was with that group, like you were saying, Christian, when, you know, a season of Westworld ended or Game of Thrones ended, I unsubscribed because there was nothing else there that I cared about. And then when they decided to launch HBO Max, I mean, they got, you know, um, the Big Bang Theory and uh, all these like sitcoms and and then they, they started getting rights to all these movies and they start like I, I don't know they they blew up and then while we were talking about it the other day like the DC streaming service is still a thing but for whatever reason it's all on HBO Max. Yeah, see, I didn't know that the DC universe, which is I guess what they're calling it, was even a thing um, at all until we were talking about it the other day, talking about the MCU being on Disney Plus, but. Um, I know they're supposed to have a show like the Teen Titans show or something like that. I can't remember what it was, yeah. but I didn't even know it was a thing. But to kind of hammer on what you were saying, Cody, um, HBO Max has so much more than just their own original content now. Like they have more like the Sopranos or Game of Thrones or yeah. The Wire. Like they have, like I said, the Big Bang. Like Doctor Who yep. is on HBO Max. Like and now. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, you could watch that on HBO Max. Like, I don't know well, where HBO Max came from, but like, they, they're bringing it. it. I should note that by the time that this podcast airs, you probably can't watch Wonder Woman 1884 or 1984 on HBO oh, Max. Oh, did they take it down? It, as of yesterday or the day before, there was only eight days left Got of it. it being on there. So, okay. it, yeah, I I'm bad at quick math, so it, you might not be able to watch by the time this airs. But still, you know, like, they had it for, like, what, almost a month now? Yeah. I mean, it, it debuted in theaters and HBO Max at the same time. And I'm pretty sure... Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Go ahead. I mean, it'll still be in theaters, I'm assuming, once it goes. I don't know. But... I don't know. Maybe. Um... So if you're talking original content, oh, good, go ahead, Christian. Hey, good, go ahead, man. I say if you're talking original content, for me, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to argue that like Disney Plus isn't gonna knock it out the park. But you know, like I don't know, I so at the time of recording, I've seen the first two episodes of WandaVision. Um, I don't hate it. Um, it's not. It's definitely something that's it's building towards something, and obviously, you know, it's going to take a couple episodes to get there. And I don't know how many episodes they're doing if they're only doing eight, like they've been doing with Mando. If there's going to be more, I, I haven't really been following much with One Division. Um, but besides that, like you know, like you're talking originals, I guess it has to be Netflix. But I just think that like Disney Plus is just going to keep churning them out. I mean, they announced like like what eight Star Wars shows and like another eight Marvel shows that are coming out. Yeah, something crazy like that. 
Yeah, once, uh, you know, I, I think you're, de- I agree as well. I think we're at the current time, I think Netflix is still dominating with, uh, you know, original content. But, you know, whereas Netflix is like in its stride and producing and putting out all these shows, like I think Disney is just now picking up steam. Like, you know, they have all, they have this huge roadmap planned ahead, not just for 21, but for years down the line. And I think in the years to come, they're going to become one of the biggest rivals uh, to Netflix for that original content um, audience. Um, and I will say as a side um, point or another talking point, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is not with original content, but just with, you know, partnerships and um, to streaming services, having shows up on their platforms and then being taken down at the end of the year at the end of a couple months you know when you have that one show like for a while netflix had friends on it and i was like oh this is awesome you know i can just turn this on whenever i want and then you know before i knew it it was just gone you know i i can't stand and it seems like disney plus isn't gonna do that because one they own everything that they have on their platform they uh they made a statement when they launched a service that everything that ends up on disney plus stays on disney plus and so I think that is going to be something that's going to set them apart because no yeah. other streaming service does that. Well, no other streaming service is a hundred percent original content. And that's literally all yeah. Disney plus is everything on there is Disney made. It's true. Or bought or bought yeah. and owned like yep. the discovery that's channel. Point. Yeah. Or star Wars or the MCU. Yeah. Or, you know, we bought Fox now too, so the Simpsons are on there now. Yeah, the Simpsons are on there. <laughs> so, shocker. Uh, I, I still, I mean, if you got the Simpsons, I don't know why Family Guy's not on there, but Family Guy's not on there yet. So, to that point, then you know, with all the content that you know, whereas Disney Plus isn't dominating the market right now with original content, um, whether it's original content or just a partnership, and they have something uploaded onto their platform of just your favorite show what platform or what service do you think has the best bang for your buck? Like what service provides the most money or provides the most content for your money each month? I mean, if you're it, that depends. So if you're a diehard Disney fan, it's Disney hard, like 100%. Like it, no other streaming service has as much content that is original or specific to them like Disney. But if you're talking just just straight dollars here, if you want to talk about price points, Disney Plus is only seven fifty a month right. after tax. That was going to be my next point, though. So you know, Disney had an amazing launch this past year um, with their incredibly low price point to introductory six ninety nine a month or sixty nine ninety nine a year. How long do you think they're going to be able to maintain that before they've got to give it a significant bump? Because we've seen platforms like Netflix, HBO, all these other ones over time as they continue to invest money into these new and original content and these new series, new series, you know, as you know, they inevitably have to, they keep bumping up that price. When and if do you think we'll see a bump up in Disney plus? So obviously none of us have, you know, insider knowledge of Disney's inner workings, but uh, this is just my opinion. It'll never happen. They'll never they'll, they'll never bump their price up. Disney has more money than God combined with the rest of the world. I mean, they literally like when they launched Disney Plus, like I had this argument with my former coworkers and like 
they could have bombed on the release of Disney Plus, and it would not have mattered. They could they could lose money on Disney Plus for the rest of its existence, and it would not matter. But they're not because of the Mandalorian, and the fact that the entire MCU's on there, as well as the entire Star Wars saga, and then you got all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. They've got they're making plenty off of it. And no, people are I, yeah, still I, buying those movies. Under normal circumstances, I would totally 100% agree with you. However, with the deal with uh, COVID and the shutdown, movie theaters being closed, their parks being closed, that's their two biggest sources of income. Like, I, I, if they're able to kind of drag it out and, like, hold off raising the price until everything officially reopens and they can get their re- regular, you know, um, source of income from and revenue from the parks in the movie theaters back in. I could totally, totally understand where you're coming from. But if uh, 21 proves to be similar to 2020, and that you know everything's going to be moderated as to how many people can come in, when they can come in, and hours and all that, I don't know. It's going to be hard for them because I mean, like they do as of right now. You know, of course, they're the probably the biggest conglomerate other outside of you know Amazon that you know is dominating pretty much the world. But, you know, that money only goes so far when you're trying to spread it across so many different um, lines of business. Well, that's the thing. Um, so they don't just have Disney+. Plus; They have Hulu as well. A lot of people seem to forget that they bought Hulu, um, which is probably why I didn't know that. which is probably why Family Guy is still on Hulu and stuff like that. Um, but they own the controlling share of Hulu. Um, also... Uh, some of the Disney parks are open. They are, uh, and that was a recent addition that they um, did. I believe the Disneyland in California is still closed. Yeah, California. Well, California's rough right now. Yeah, uh, but I think yeah, I think you're right. The Disney World and the parks in Orlando are um, open in moderation, still requiring masks and everything. But you still have that same problem. I think the people, the population as a whole even if it's open, even if they you know, are allowing people to come in and requiring you to wear masks, same thing with the movie theaters. The amount of people that are willing to go ahead and just commit to going back to the norm before it's safe, I think is minuscule in comparison to the people that would rather just stay at home. I mean, I, I agree, but I, I think the reason I don't think they'll ever raise their price and why I feel really confident about it is because they announced like 30 movies and TV shows collectively that that disney owns that that are currently being produced right you don't do that if you're worried about money you know like Uh, they they said they sat down and planned out you know a few years and because it's that's how it's going to take years to make all that content Uh, my personal opinion is is similar to cody's in the sense of i don't think this, again, this is just opinion-based. Yeah, I have no opinion. insider knowledge. I don't work at Disney. Um, if they do up the price, it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah. And if they do up the price, it's just because they want to. Yeah, exactly. I, I, they, I, don't, I don't think they'll ever need to. It'll just be because they want to. Personally. That's my personal opinion. And what I, do you think, I think, I think they're also going to do... Not to cut you off, Christian, but I think they're also going to do what they did with Mulan, where they're going to be like, you know, you can watch this first on Disney Plus, but you have to pay thirty dollars to watch this one movie, and then it eventually it'll just be on Disney Plus. But people still bought Mulan. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I could see it going either way. Um, I just think that, you know, 2020 has been proven to be very unpredictable time, you know, until COVID and everything gets fully ironed out and straightened out. It's going to um, be a while. And everything can go going back to where it was fully functioning, like, you know, back in 2019. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how things play out. I think for the time being, you know, anything that has an online presence is going to be where it's at. Um, for the foreseeable future, just because as everyone continues to stay at home or um, quarantine and at least until all the vaccines get out and um, hopefully finally get rid of COVID. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting to kind of see how things play out over the next few years. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be, it's going to be interesting no matter what happens. Uh, Cause obviously it's going to take, it's going to take years to get back to normal as a society for sure because of the pandemic as far as the entertainment industry i don't know i think in a lot of ways the entertainment industry thrived uh in terms of hollywood obviously movie theaters suffered right local local entertainment industry uh in terms of you know uh, renting physical movies or going to a physical place to watch a movie that took a huge hit but i think streaming services definitely definitely had an upswing because nobody could go anywhere so do you guys think you know we talked about briefly before how hbo max is currently the the main partnership with movie publishing houses and that dual, you know, dual release with going to select theaters, whatever happens to be open, and then also being uploaded to HBO um, Max. Do you think any other service is going to provide that? Obviously, Disney will upload, like you were saying before, with Mulan, you know, their own content and everything there. But do you see anything like that happening with, like, Amazon Prime um, or Hulu or anything? Not for free outside of a subscription. I don't. Um, because, obviously, HBO Max is, what, like 15 a month or something like that? Um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you don't have to pay to watch the movie. Whereas I think unless if... you can get HBO Max for free if you have HBO Max, if you have HBO on your cable package. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I think technically, I think we might be able to get it through our cable. Pack. I don't honestly know. Um, but anyway, um, I don't think any other streaming service is gonna do what HBO Max does in terms of like wonder woman where it's like for the next month it's going to release in theaters and on here for free as long as you're subscribed to us like i don't think netflix or prime's going to do that i think they'll stick to netflix will stick to what they got you know um they'll just keep cranking out originals and then i think prime it'll just be you'll be able to rent it early if they if they go that route you know, like it'll it'll be twenty dollars, but you can watch the movie, you know, before it like ever releases. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Tim, you got any extra thoughts on it? I mean, it depends. Um, you know, everything's obviously still up in the air. Um I don't really know. It uh it's interesting to say the least. I kind of agree where it's going to be like, if anything does something like that, you're going to have to rent it. So studios can probably make their money yeah. back in some form. I'm, I'm guessing. 
I don't know, this is just an opinion. I mean, um, that's probably why they did the HBO Max thing with Wonder Woman. I mean, I'm sure that there's some, yeah. you know, Warner Brothers deal with HBO Max, but I would assume that once it goes off HBO Max, you'll be able to rent it on Prime and, you know, PlayStation Network or whatever. Yeah, that's just, that's my thoughts on it. I mean, it's, um, I, I, I feel personally that, like, you know, like, people aren't going to want to always be in the house. So, like, while, yeah, it might take a while for, like, people to feel comfortable going back out and doing things, it might be quicker than we think, personally. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. But, yep, that's my final thoughts. Christian, you got anything else? Yeah, no, I think we're good. All right. Well, then... Um... I think that's where we're going to end it. Uh, so this has been some kind of podcast, episode two, stream theater. Uh, this is the last segment in our introductory series. Um, if you haven't seen, seen, if you haven't listened to the first part, um, check it out uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we're on YouTube as well, uh, or you can check out our website. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment below. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at SKO Entertainers or visit our website, skoentertainment.net, for more information on how to reach us. Uh, also, check out our Twitch channel, Some Kind of Entertainment, where we play games on occasion. Uh, and finally, uh, I just want to hammer in, please don't forget to join us next week. We're going to be going into our usual format starting next week. Um, we'll, we'll be bringing you discussions from all aspects of entertainment. Um, so it's it's going to be it's going to be different, but I think it'll flow uh, really nicely. Um, so yeah, uh, again, thank you for listening. Please join us next week because even on the best of days, we all need some kind of entertainment. Bye, bye, bye guys. Bye.